Hey, fabulous listener. If you want to become a powerful and profitable trauma-informed coach, my business partner, Kushla, and I have a special free five-day training starting next Monday, April 29th. To join us, you can simply message me the word powerful at Erin Anderson Trauma Coach on Instagram or on Facebook, you can find me at Erin Anderson Betrayal Trauma Coaching and we'll send you the details so you can join us. We're going to be sharing some special training on our body, mind, energy approach to help clients have faster shifts and healing and how we make a consistent five figures each month as trauma-informed coaches. So if that sounds like something you or someone you know may like, make sure you come join us for this five-day challenge. We're going to be sharing more in there than most paid programs. Welcome to the other side of the struggle. This is a podcast where we talk about trauma, how to heal it, and then how to take it and use it to unlock your mission and your potential and to use it to live your very best dream life. When you're dealing with betrayal trauma, it can be hard to know how to heal it, how to stop the pain, and to know what your next steps are to take in your own life. And these are the questions that we try to answer here. Trauma has the ability to rob us of our joy and identity, which is why it's so miserable to experience. But with the right tools and with the right mindset, we can totally reclaim that joy and even use this trauma to strengthen ourselves so that way trauma does not knock us off of our joy again. Living your dream life should be a non-negotiable, but trauma tends to try to negotiate that with you. And even though trauma is not something that we will completely ever be free of in our life, the pain is negotiable. This is why I created Erin Anderson Betrayal Trauma Coaching and this podcast is because I want my listeners, I want my clients to live, truly live free from the prison that trauma can put you in. I want you to live on the other side of the struggle. Okay, I want you to stop what you're doing right now for just a minute, and I really want you to hear me out. I want you to go right now to erinanderson.cartra.com forward slash page forward slash heart of gold. There you are going to find a free meditation just for you from me. This meditation is amazing. Let me tell you a little bit about what it's going to give you. Okay. Number one, it's going to help boost your confidence. If you are dealing with trauma, then you are most likely dealing with a confidence issue as well. And it's something that you are really, really wanting back. Number two, it is going to help you find security in your situations in your life because it's going to help you gain a sense of self-love and some self-trust. The third thing this is going to give you is an ability to escape the trauma that you're experiencing right now, this very minute, and help you find peace and joy and love and a deep appreciation for you and your experiences. This is going to really help you reconnect with yourself. So that is very, very, very important when you are dealing with healing from trauma. So again, I'm going to tell you what it what that website is that you need to go to. 
erinanderson.cartra, K-A-R-T-R-A, dot com, slash page, slash heart of gold, capital H-E-A-R-T-O-F, capital G-O-L-D. Go check out this meditation. Please claim it for yourself because it is 100% a gift from me to you to help you heal right now from trauma. All my love. Welcome back to another episode of The Other Side of the Struggle. I am back with the fabulous Jenny Layton. And you guys know we love our conversations with Jenny. Um, and I love having her here because she's kind of like the organization queen. Like if there's any organization questions or tips or anything, this is like the gal to go to for sure. And I love having her here on the podcast and, um, you know, in my groups and in the things that I do because organization is one of the key ingredients actually to healing. And it's not something a lot of people talk about, I feel. And so I definitely wanted to bring Jenny back. We're going to chat about today, like what are some things that you can do to organize your day to support your healing goals? So with that, welcome back, Jenny. Thank you. That's a really great introduction. And I love the way you weaved organization into healing, because I agree with you. Um, there is some element of organization that just is critical in the healing process. And I believe part of that is that organization really is about creating order or putting things in order. And when yeah. we heal, we there is an order to healing. It can look different from person to person, but I'm sure you've experienced you try to heal something too soon and there's certain pieces that need to come into play beforehand. And so organization can translate on so many levels, you know, externally in your space, inside your mind and the way you manage time, um, yes. just your priorities in your life. And so I agree with you. I think organization is one of those topics that kind of infiltrates everything else we're trying to do because <laughs> when we have things in order, we're more successful. So I love being yeah. on the show. Thanks for uh inviting me back. I'm excited for this conversation today. Ah, thank you. Thank you. And I love that, you know, little blip that you just mentioned, because it truly does. You know, I think back to my own, like, healing experiences and my own healing journey from trauma. And, you know, even now, like, trauma is like, and I, like, people have heard me say this over and over and over again on this show. Trauma is not something that ever just completely goes away, right? It still comes up. There are things that still traumatize us. Um, currently, right now, I'm actually going through something pretty traumatic. But I think it really comes down to the organization that, you know, I've put into place. And, you know, having my t my pillars and everything and, and living those pillars on a day-to-day -day basis um, that really make the difference. Because even though this is a really, really tough situation that you know, me and my family are going through right now, um, it's definitely not siphoning our joy. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So it's it's really amazing to see how fabulous this works. So a couple of questions here, Jenny. I'm going to just kind of rapid fire you. Okay. Great. I love it. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's see what you got. Throw all your best stuff at me. <laughs> okay. What are three five-minute things that you can do every morning to give you a feeling of peace, security, and confidence? So how do you feel about boundaries? It's a legitimate question. A lot of people come to me really struggling with this concept. They often feel guilty for setting boundaries or they're not sure about even what a boundary is. You know, they've heard the term, set the boundary, things like that, but that's really confusing for them because it's not something that's well taught in our society nowadays, right? 
They know that boundaries are really important to having healthy, constructive, supportive, and wonderful relationships, but why? And oftentimes, they also know that they feel like their boundaries are being violated, but they can't quite pinpoint what the boundary is that's being violated. That's why I've created the Clarifying and Creating Your Boundaries free PDF. You can find out what your boundaries are, how to tune in to what the boundary needs to be, and how to effectively create and communicate your boundary. So that way you stay in this place that respects you, respects the other person, but also gives you the confidence in your boundaries so that way you stop being gaslighted, disrespected, and unseen. Having your boundaries really clear gives you a voice and also helps the other person stay in accountability with themselves. So that's not a role that you have to take on anymore. So if you are ready to really have clear boundaries, to really understand what your role is in the boundary, and to give yourself some safety and some protection against people that might try to gaslight you or are just being disrespectful, go grab my Creating and Clarifying Your Boundary PDF at AaronAndersonTheTraumaCoach.com. And while you're there, let's schedule a call with me. Come have a chat with me so that way I can really, really help you master this particular skill, creating boundaries, clarifying the boundary, communicating that boundary. And so that way I can also help you have relationships that show up to support you, cherish you, and love you. Okay, this is right up my alley because I am all about what is sustainable and what really works. We can all do a five-minute thing. I have a mantra in my business and my membership, just take 10. So this is in that same vein of in you can do anything for 10 minutes. You may feel overwhelmed with laundry. You might feel overwhelmed with, you know, going through your paper or, you know, cooking dinner or whatever. But if you just take 10, your brain can um, opt into that and not feel overwhelmed. And most of the time, if we just get started, that momentum will take us to the finish line. And so I love the idea of what are some five minute morning routines that can help create and establish that foundation for our day, peace, you know, confidence, low stress, um, because we all have five minutes that we can take. And if we don't think we can, that's another conversation we need to have. So what are those five minute things? The first thing I'm going to say is something I think you've heard before. It's this concept of power hour. It's a concept that I teach in my membership and it is taking an hour. Now I know we're talking about five minutes, but just stay with me for a minute. It is taking a period of time in the morning where you are fueling up, (laughs) you're refilling the tank. I love this quote by Abraham Lincoln that says, if you give me six hours to chop down a tree, I'm going to spend the first four hours sharpening the ax. Because we know that with a sharp axe, the joy of cutting down a tree is it's way more enjoyable. So if we can look at how can we invest in self-care in the morning and um, take that time, it's going to make everything else in the day go so much more smoothly. Power hour for me is this concept of physical, spiritual, mental. So if we have a habit of power hour in the morning and we're addressing one, two, or all three of those things, that's we're sharpening the ax for the day. The key is how we can really squish power hour down into something that's realistic. For some, an hour may be perfectly realistic. For others who have little kids or work or who are really busy or just getting started, an hour would be completely unrealistic. So a five-minute version of power hour would be my first recommendation. I love, oh, I love me some good self-care. You know, it's something yes. that I build into my day. Yes. I live for it. I really feel if, if I don't have it, but there are days that things are busy and I never skimp on that self-care. Even if I only have five minutes, it looks like a minute of jumping jacks, a two minute prayer, and then a minute of, of something inspiring that I read or something for my mental. And I, and I give myself permission to let that be okay. But again, what we want to look at is what is a five-minute version of power hour 
that you know, rain or shine, you can do that. And once you can do that consistently, you are going to find an increased ability to open up more time for that. So that's my first morning routine suggestion is a five minute version of power hour, power five. Should we call it that your power five? (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Yes. The power five. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. That's, you know, I got to say, this is like amazing stuff, kid, because you mentioned in their overwhelm. Okay. Um, you know, my pillars are intention, bounce back, the brain on board, play, uh, ownership, the lean in, and the anchor, right? Now, you know, to my listeners, some of you are like, what's that? What's that? What's that? And, you know, as, as you follow me, you'll kind of get an idea of what, what these are. But each one of those pillars has an adversary. Mm-hmm. And the adversary to play you would think is work it's not it's overwhelmed interesting it is it's completely overwhelmed because you think you think about people who are like oh i just gotta go to work more i gotta go to work more i gotta go to work more i gotta do this i gotta do this i gotta i gotta gotta and they've got this massive to-do list and it feels overwhelming Mm. right but what happens when you take that time for yourself that love me some self-care time right that overwhelm shifts into joy and that is what play and this does now play doesn't necessarily mean you're going to go outside and shoot basketballs hoops it could but play like for me i go for a walk um and my my power hour is a lot longer (laughs) than an hour to be honest Because I go for a walk, I come home, I study Spanish, and then, you know, I read some scriptures, I do prayer, and then I get in to take take care of my kids, you know, Um, do some meditation. I do a lot of meditation, actually, in the mornings, too. So, like, it's my my time is is a little bit different. But that's not feasible all the time for everyone especially when you're stuck in that overwhelm I think you know this idea of like let's condense it down to five minutes let's take a look at what you can do for a minute in your mental energy what's one thing you can do in your spiritual energy for one minute one thing you can do for your emotional energy in one minute and what's one thing you can do for your physical energy in one minute that's four minutes right there right and then you can add one more thing right? For five minutes. And you just set a timer and you give yourself permission for that to be enough. And, you know, our brain likes to tell us, well, that can't have uh, added up to anything, but it really does. And I think that's a big part that we don't block that by saying, well, that didn't really count that giving yourself permission, giving yourself a high five for doing that is an integral part of this working so well. Absolutely. And, you know, the other piece you were talking about is the consistency. And consistency is such a piece to organization. It's a huge piece to organization, right? Because it's through the little tiny consistent actions that we get results. And even an inaction is an action. And so like um, when people sleep in too late and then they're consistently late to work, I mean, there's a result to that, right? Right. But people that get up early and they're to work on time, there's a result for that kind of things. When you're building a business online, there's consistent things you have to do to keep your business healthy and running. Same thing with your kids. I mean, you can't skip on meals with your kids, right? There's things that we have to do on a consistent basis to get us the result that we're looking for. And this idea of five minutes may not seem like a lot, but over time it definitely adds up and what's amazing and this is what happened with me was I found that I wanted more time and so I rearranged my day so that way I could give myself more time because now my morning I'm up at six and I'm usually done with my morning by like my me morning for by like 9 a.m so it's like a three hour morning right now but it's fabulous. Right. I love it. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. that brings us into the next question, though. 
how can I create 15 minutes in my morning when I already don't feel like there's any time for me? Okay. So I want to just highlight part of the thinking that's happening in that question. Not, I know this isn't you personally, but I know this is a general um, place that we find ourselves coming from when you don't feel like there's any time for me that is the place to start right there. That's the problem. That thought is the problem. And I know that can be challenging because maybe you do have to be to work and you do have a lot of little kids and it does appear as though you're being acted upon and there are a lot of other decisions being made for you that there really isn't that option to create and carve out that time in the morning. But more than any tip that I can give you, and I do have a tip, um, but the the biggest point I want to make here is it's the thinking that you don't have any time for yourself that is the problem. Once you start to entertain the idea that maybe there is more time for myself than I think, you are going to start to see places that you can find it. You know, maybe it's getting up a few minutes earlier. Maybe it's being okay with the kids watching TV for a few minutes so you can take that time. Maybe it is letting go of something that has the appearance of being absolutely essential. But if you take a step back, there are opportunities throughout your entire day to make space for what you really value. And we limit ourselves when we make a quick assessment that there is no time and that there's we don't have the creative power to make that space. So that's the first thing I want to say is challenge that if and and I am practicing what I preach. Um I am a very busy person. I run a home, I have kids at home, I run a business, I have a podcast, I run a membership, I see clients. Like there's a lot going on and then I hear my language saying I don't have time or things are too busy. I catch those words immediately because I know that that is just manifesting less time. I'm not opening my eyes to the potential. So you and I are in it together, Erin, the rest of the audience, we're all in this together. I really believe it starts with a belief, a hope that we do have more power than we think to create and carve out that time. And if so, 15 minutes, we can take my just take 10 principle and say just 10 minutes. What can I do for this morning routine? Um, what what needs to be in that and where can I find this time and look from a solutions, um, you know, from a position of solutions rather than problems. Yes. And, you know, this I think this gives us a chance to actually start exercising some boundaries. Yeah. You know, because um, during my morning routine, you know, if I'm in here reading scriptures or, um, you know, this really anything and somebody wants to come in and interrupt me you know I always ask them is it an emergency is somebody dying is somebody bleeding is somebody you know if it's if it's a no 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 then you can give me 15 minutes and then I'll be out to say like talk to you and do whatever we need to do um but until then you need to stay out right or I'm taking time for me. And, you know, the other thing that I think is fabulous, I think as moms, especially, we tend to get caught up in this trap of, I've got little kids. There is no time for me. I like, I have to spend all of the time on them. But I also feel like that's a giant disservice to them because what are they going to think when they get older? What are they going to think as they become parents? That now all of a sudden, that everything is not for them anymore. And I think that this is actually one of the ways that we raise an entitled generation is when we do absolutely everything for them. We don't give them the chance to explore or to scrape their knees, to, to, to have experiences without us all the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I think recognizing the opportunity that we have to model to them good self-care and recognizing that we are their number one influencer. And so without, unless they're very questioning and do a lot of self-work, they're probably just going to follow in your footsteps, just subconsciously doing what they have been exposed to over the years. And so if 
You want your kids to be self-actualized, happy, confident, rejuvenated, healthy. Their best bet for that is for you to live a life like that, that they can model. And so it's such a paradox because there's this tendency to think that self-care is selfish, but if we really, again, kind of zoom out and look at what it is we're really doing, it is very unselfish because you can show up better during the day in the present. You're also laying the foundation through your example for your kids to be their very best. And I love any situation that's a win-win-win, and I hear a lot of wins there. And so I think that's just another point in favor of doing that morning routine. And to go back to your original question, if you don't feel like there is time for that, I want to have you want to invite you to challenge that thought and start looking at your life, at your morning through a solutions lens instead of a problem lens and find five, 10, 15 minutes to do that. I think you're going to be surprised at all of the opportunities there are for that routine. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I'll tell you, for me, when I first started doing my morning routine and it was, uh, my goodness, years ago now, (laughs) but I realized like one of the first things I did in the morning was I would hop on Facebook and then I'd get up and take care of things. Mm -hmm. Right. And, you know, like one of your, one of the things you talk about is the habit hook. And I asked myself actually back then before I knew you, I was like, what would happen if I attached like scripture study and a couple other things before I got on Facebook in the morning? What would happen to the way I felt? What would happen to my day? What would happen to me? Like all of these questions. And so I tried it. And I'll tell you to this day. That has been a consistent habit now. And that habit that I started so many years ago, you know, I'm really proud of it because it's given me the opportunity to to read like all of the scriptures now. I've read through, you know, the Book of Mormon, the New Testament, the Old Testament, you know, all of it. I've read it all. I'm proud of that accomplishment. Yeah, you know, um, yeah, it's it really is. I mean, there's not very many people that have actually read through the Bible. Mm-hmm. I am one of them. I have done it. And I plan on doing it again. Um, but like there's also just that my kids are happier. Mm-hmm. Now, that's a big thing because you would think that if you're taking the me time, right, that, oh, that's that is that selfish piece. But you cannot give what you do not have. Mm-hmm. You can't give it. And so when you're putting drops in your bucket of spirituality, uh, making sure that you're physically good, uh, mentally good, emotionally good, these are your four main energies, right? When you're putting drops in each one of those buckets, you have more to give. It is absolutely the least selfish thing you can possibly do. Yeah. And that's such a nice, fresh take on this topic. And so I hope somewhere there's a listener somewhere that this is what they needed to hear to give themselves the permission to make this a priority to find the time that's going to have a big payoff. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, the other thing too, is you have to find the time to heal. Yes. You know, if you're looking like you're, if you're listening to this podcast, you're checking in because you want to heal trauma. Like that's all that's what this podcast is all about. But you're cheating yourself if you don't think that it's going to take you some time. Like right now, this very second, you're listening to an hour long podcast that's taking some time. You may be doing the dishes along with it. You might be changing a diaper. You might be, you know, there's so many different things. I do feel like, you know, there are things you can do to multitask, but some things should just be carved out just for you without any expectation on you. Totally agree. And I think the challenge with that is, again, kind of the theme we've had so far is finding the time to do that. And that's where I feel like organization really comes into play. I'm not a typical organizer. Uh, When you were introducing me, I was thinking about how the expectation of a professional organizer is probably that my bread and butter, eat, sleep, drink, 
what I'm after is helping people have beautiful pantries with crisp containers and labels and no clutter. And I mean, I have a healthy respect and love for that. My eyes light up. I think it's beautiful, but my passion is to help people get organized so that they can do something. And the, the idea of organization is not an end result or an end goal. It's more of a stepping stone to get you to what you really value I think sometimes we get a little off track when we start to get caught up in thinking that getting organized has to look a certain way. And we start to um, spend time and energy um, creating results that don't really contribute to a bottom line that we care about. And so this is the perfect question, I think, to introduce this idea that organization plays a role. It's a stepping stone to open up time for healing and how it does that is when we're organized, when our space is organized, when our systems and our routines are organized and our time is organized, we are bundling everything up into a tighter package, which just opens up space. And I have this analogy I'd really love to share. I'm not sure if I shared it one of the other times I was on the podcast. So um, you'll have to remind me if this is if it is. If it is, I mean, maybe it needs to be shared again. So, Well, it's kind of a go-to and I think there's something different you can learn from it every time. But when I am teaching something like organizing time, time is a little harder to organize because it's not tangible. So when I talk about organizing something intangible, we like to use a metaphor of organizing something tangible because it just gives us new insight on this thing that's a little hard to pin down. For example, if you have a pile of Legos that you need to organize, it's really obvious that you need to pick those up, put them in a container, stick them on a shelf, and now they're organized. But if you're looking at your schedule and talking about organizing your schedule or organizing all your tasks, that's not something you can tangibly put in your hand and stick in a container. And so this time pantry analogy, I think will help you understand, first of all, your relationship to time and how you can manage it better. And then secondly, how being organized does open up space for the things that we really care about. So if it's okay, I'll kind of dive into this analogy. Yeah, please. And, um, you know, I'll tell you, this is actually probably something. And I, I know like if my business coach is going to listen to this, she's going to be like, Aaron, listen to this piece right here. <laughs> right. Because like, yeah. even though I do take three hours for myself in the morning, I am still very busy and very booked out. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, this is definitely something I think anybody can learn from. So please have at it. Okay, so here we go. So the first thing I'm going to ask is for you to picture a disorganized pantry. And so, Erin, I'll ask you to um, give me what you observe in a disorganized pantry. This could be someone else's. This could be your own. It could be something you saw online. But when a pantry is disorganized, what do you notice? What characteristics do you notice? Ooh, all oh, the first thing that comes to my mind is my toddler. <laughs> Your what? <laughs> my toddler. Okay. Because <laughs> she's rearranging things. <laughs> oh, she's rearranging things. She's got the sugar and she's like shaking it all over the place. And she has done this. I'm not even joking. She totally I, I has. Can imagine. <laughs> and there's ants crawling on the floor and like cans like rolling all over the floor of the pantry, you know, like. And like somebody else, and even though she's adorable, she totally is so cute, but somebody else is having a heyday in that pantry and it ain't me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's hard to have a good time in a pantry that's disorganized, you know, and I think that's one of the characteristics of a disorganized pantry is you have, uh, you've got a lack of zones. And so it's hard to find what you need because you might have the sugar on one shelf and the flour in another. And when it goes, it's time to bake, it's hard to gather all the ingredients. So that can be difficult. Another characteristic that I notice in a disorganized pantry is that there's a lot of duplicates. You know, you may not be able to find the peanut butter. So you open a new jar and you have duplicate boxes of cereal or bags of chips. And so the problem with that is that it takes up space that's really precious. And that contributes to, again, not being able to find what you need when you need it. And also when you go grocery shopping, it's really hard to put things away because there's no open space on the shelf. And it's because we've utilized the space poorly by allowing duplicate things, old expired things we're not using anymore to take up space in our pantry. So that's a snapshot of a disorganized pantry. And so let's shift gears and talk about 
an organized pantry, what do you notice in an organized pantry? What stands out to you? Well, it's very clean. Like you can find things very easily. You know, uh, when I think about an organized pantry, I think about my grandma's pantry, okay. which is actually, interestingly, downstairs and her kitchen is upstairs. So there's that. But her home was built in like the 1940s or something like that. So whatever mm-hmm. they were thinking back then. <laughs> but, you know, it's it's also like right off the kitchen. It's um, Oh, I'm trying to think like the paper products are on one shelf, the canned goods, the sugar, like she's, she's got things very, very well set and very organized. I actually like going down to my grandma's pantry. It's got a, like this nostalgia. Right. Thing to right. It. Yeah. You've got some good memories and also just that order that is also feels good to be in. I like what you said about just paper products on one shelf, canned goods on another. I think the way you're describing that it's there's zones for different things. Mm -hmm. So it's really predictable, you know, where things belong, you know, where to find them. That's really nice. The other thing that we see that's kind of opposite of that disorganized pantry is there are not duplicates. There's not old expired food. So you are not wasting space for things that aren't bringing you value. And that creates some open space because you don't have as many things you're trying to cram in on that shelf. Another thing that I think is important with an organized pantry, and this will come up a little bit um, as we continue talking, that containers are a big part of an organized pantry because cans are one thing that they can kind of stand there if they need to, but you know, packages of powdered sugar or drink mixes or granola bars or fruit snacks are going to scatter all over the pantry shelf and a container is going to pull those together so that they take up less space. So a container gives things boundaries and that's really important in an organized pantry that we are not spilling over and you have different zones mixing and you have that open space. So when you come home from the store, you've got a place to put things. So if we want to make the leap from talking about pantries to talking about time, what we see is our time is a lot like those pantry shelves. In fact, I encourage my clients to look at time as a seven shelf pantry. You've got a shelf for each day and in a disorganized world in a disorganized schedule it there's no rhyme no reason there's no zones so you may find that you have to do laundry on one day because everyone's out of clean clothes which means now you have to cram that all into a day that maybe was busy with other important things but you have to wipe everything off the shelf for that day to make room for laundry and now you've got a disruption down the road down the line on another shelf because there's not a consistent predictable time for you to do your laundry The same thing goes with other household tasks, such as cleaning, such as grocery shopping. You run out of milk and suddenly you've got to drop everything and go to the store and, and maybe you had some important things you needed to do that day. So those zones are really important in a pantry and they're very important in our daily life because it gives a place for those things to go. When laundry is not on your day, you you can allow that to slip off your radar and trust that you're going to get to it when the day shows up and it's that zone. The other thing that I think is important is when we're organizing our time well, we don't have duplicates in our schedule. So I gave the running to the store for milk example. If we're adequately grocery shopping and can predict and really take an inventory, we can buy enough to hopefully get us through the week or half of the week so that we don't have to fit these extra trips in. So we end up with duplicate tasks just because we didn't have all of the planning done. And so now, look, we're sticking duplicates into our week. The other thing that I think is really relevant in this metaphor is that In the pantry, there is outdated food, but in our lives, we have outdated tasks. We have old commitments. We have attachments to ideas that were benefiting us at one point, but really aren't anymore. And so if we're really looking tangibly at the way we use our time, each day is a shelf. And on that shelf, you're putting that activity you choose to do. And Erin, you mentioned a three-hour personal time every morning, every day you have a three-hour block at the beginning of each day that that is your personal time and you've carved that out and made space for that. 
what a miracle it is when we can have that type of attention and discipline around the other parts of our day so that we know exactly when that laundry is going to happen or when we cook dinner. All right. So I just love this analogy because we can look at our days as tangibly as we look at our pantries and look at what are we making space for and what are we allowing in that isn't giving us value and what are we allowing to spill all over a shelf and take up precious space or time that could be contained in the pantry version of this is in a container. But when we're talking about time and tasks, routines are what give our things boundaries. Because when we have a routine, we're able to learn how to do things in a quicker way without a lot of thought from the brain. It becomes much more efficient. It takes a lot less time and it tightens things up. So again, a laundry routine, as we've been talking about laundry, can make that laundry experience, it can cut it in half if we have an efficient way to do it, or just the morning pickup of our home, or our cleaning routine, or any routine, really anything we have to do regularly, if we can create a routine around it, it is the equivalent of taking a container and putting all of those loose tasks into a a place with boundaries so that we're opening up space. And that conversation, this metaphor is really relevant when you are looking for space to heal. Because what will start to happen is if you prioritize the healing, as women, there's a delicate relationship between our home and our environment and what we're in charge of and our ability to heal. So if we can't maintain our home, as much effort as we're putting into healing, It's going to start working against us because we have a part of our attention that's divided. We feel guilty. We feel overwhelmed. We don't have that attention span and and that bandwidth to really focus on the healing. And so organization comes into play, whether you're wanting to make space to heal, to work, to spend more time with your kids for a hobby, whatever it is that's important to you, we still need to stay on top of the home and the systems. So let's look at it like a pantry. Let's recognize, first of all, that everything needs a space, a zone, a time of the week that we're doing it, or a time each day that we're doing a certain activity. Then let's contain those tasks into a routine so that it takes up even less space. And then we're opening up time intentionally for the things that really matter to us, like healing. Love it. I totally love that. And you know, as you were talking, um, there's, there's somebody I know who has like a very, very clean, pristine home. But this person also always feels hectic and chaotic. And, you know, and so that cleanliness, like you were saying at the beginning of this, doesn't always look like organization because organization should help you feel that peace, that, that um, intention, that, that joy, you know, I mean, that's bringing these healing elements back in. And so like, you know, going back to like the pantry, like what do you have in your, on the physical shelf? What do you have on the mental shelf? What do you have on the emotional shelf? What do you have on the spiritual shelf? Because all of those four things create the actual order that we're looking for. And, you know, once you bring one of them up, the other pieces come up as well because seriously like going back to your pantry analogy you're not going to just like organize your paper products and then then leave all the fruit snacks and everything and the canned goods and everything in disarray if you have one thing organized you're going to look at the next shelf and go oh now this looks nice but i want this to look this way and i want this to look this way And I want this to look this way. And when you're starting to realize how you want things to look, you're starting to put in boundaries, those containers, and you're starting to get clarity with the direction you want to go. So I love that. Love it, love it, love it. Okay. So one last question for you, Jenny, and that is, you know, I know a lot of entrepreneurs actually are listening to this show and, uh, I feel like just just talking to talking to them a little bit. A lot of them are moms, um, 
very, very busy. They're building a business. They've got kids. And as you guys saw, you know, for those of you that are watching this on the YouTube channel, I just had my teenage son walk in, even though my door's locked, you know, and I'm like, dude, you know, you don't do that, right? If I, if my door's locked, you don't do that. And you feel like, there's all of these things that keep distracting you and pulling you away from your business and, and the goals that you have and that there's not a ton of support for you to with the kids and with everything else. And um, like I hear that actually a lot from entrepreneur moms, especially that there's just not a lot of support out there. But. I heard this fantastic quote, and I, I totally want to get your take on this, and it is that getting organized gives you support. And I was like, ooh, that's like, you know, such a tingly, good feeling right there. So I'd love to hear your take on that. Like, how can organization bring in the support we're needing Um to help them also increase like finances because healing actually does that as well. It actually increases your ability to bring in money. You're, you're clearing up space. Um, but how can it help with not just organizing your time, but organizing your finances, organizing your business and bringing in the support you're looking for? Okay. So the quote, let's repeat that again, organization, we fill in the blanks here. Yeah. So organization will bring you the support you need is okay. what it's, is what the quote was. It was something like that. Okay. So I love that quote because what it brings to mind for me is the power you have within yourself to create the results that you want independent of what's happening with other people. Now, listen, I'm all about support and it's important. When you have the support of your family, the support of your spouse or your partner, um, when you have the financial support, those are all really important pieces, but you don't have a lot of control over how people choose to show up. And so this quote to me speaks more about how you can increase your own power, your own ability to show up. As you have more confidence, more control over your schedule, more control over your environment, you need less support from other people. Now, I'm not saying support's not important, but I do think that there's some momentum you can build that when you are getting organized and needing less time to get things done, as we just talked about, increasing your efficiency then that seems to not impinge on other people quite as much. And so their support becomes a little bit more of a background thing instead of a a necessity for you to be able to do what you need to do. And so I, I think there's a lot of different angles that we could go with this quote, but what stands out to me is the element of organization is going to free you and make you more competent and more independent So you have more ability to execute, perform, create all of those things that you're seeking to do as either a business owner or any other pursuit you have in your life. Now, kind of a secondary bonus of all of this is people like to support people who are positive and upbeat and are have momentum. If someone's kind of a drain and demanding support or um, unhappy about the lack of support, that's not a attracting. That's more repelling. And so I think as you are getting more organized, you begin to draw that support to you because you're more of a leader, because you're generating more, there's more abundance with you. And so it's a, it's not something we can put our finger on distinctly, but I think it's a, a momentum shifter that when we're more organized, we need less from other people. And ironically, that's right when people want to start giving more because they're more attracted to you instead of repelled by you. So that's my thought. I'm interested in what you think about that comment. It really like made me think for a second because, you know, I know, especially in the past, not so much now. And I feel like there's still little bits of that sometimes that still come up for me as as I just witness you know, like what's going on in my mind and my heart. But I know for me, like the more organized I became, it was very much 
kind of what you're talking about here. It you don't seem so needy, and needy people are like, oh my gosh, like, what are they going to need from me now? You know, do I have the capacity to give that? Am I going to feel guilty for not giving that? What, like, there's all the guilt and the shame and and all of these things that are attached to that. And that's not something that somebody really wants to show up in to to clean up that mess every time. You know what I mean? Um, Well, there has to be a value exchange. And so I'm just thinking when it feels like you're asking for support, but people are not getting something in return that they're asking, then they're going to be more hesitant to show their support. But when you are in a space where you feel confident and powerful and capable and people are drawn to that just because by osmosis, they start to absorb that. And it shows you other ways that you can show up for them as well. So I think that value exchange really starts to kick in and then people are attracted and and do want to give because there's going to be something in return. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, you were talking about the, the pantry analogy and I was just thinking about another analogy about like when you're organized, you get that support, right? When you're, when you're not organized and you don't, you, you're, you're feeling all of the, like the chaos and everything being pulled every, but everywhere. Um, it's a lot like <laughs> cleaning out a chicken coop with the chicken still in it. <laughs> that must be something that you did. <laughs> I have done that before. Yeah. I have done it before and it was not fun. <laughs> Right. Or like trying to clean up the toy room with the kids still playing or trying to right. do dishes while someone's still cooking. Yeah, right. It yeah. is. It's totally that way. And so you're still cleaning up the poop even after or cleaning up the toys even after you just did it. Right. Mm-hmm. When you finally have some systems in place and one of the systems I like totally, totally, totally recommend is doing some time blocking. Now, I know for me, you know, sometimes there's a little bit of guilt and some shame that comes up when you're doing time blocking and people want a section of your time, especially my kids, right? And that time is for this instead. But when you do the time blocking, especially as an entrepreneur, as a mom, anyone honestly can do this one thing. You are able to be more present in the times that you spend with your kids or the times you spend with clients or the times you spend on the healing or the time that you spend going grocery shopping. I mean, you'd kind of need to be present then. Otherwise, you forget the milk, right? So it gives you the opportunity to be more present in the time that you allot to the different places. And yeah. When- Oh, and sorry, that's when that support c- starts coming back in is because now you're actually using your time to come up and support you. Yes, I love that. And as you're talking, what comes to mind? So on my podcast, the Life Organized podcast, one of the things we generally do in each episode is have kind of this so what moment. Like we've talked about some things. So what? What does this mean to you? What are you going to do about it? I think that's a really good question to ask because this has been a pretty rich conversation with a lot of good points. And so at this point, so what, what are you going to walk away and really be able to tangibly change and do where you can see some results? And I think these concepts are a great conversation, but when you are in the trenches trying to implement them, it can get really tricky to know like, well, what does that look like? And what if I have this problem? Mm -hmm. Um, I wasn't anticipating this. This isn't as easy as I thought. And unfortunately, a lot of times people can kind of throw up their hands and be like, I guess I'm just not organized. It's not going to work for me. And I just want to reiterate that when you have a process and someone's holding your hand, you can implement these things, especially as you have that guidance where you get stuck. And One of the things I think I'd like to let listeners know about um, is something that I've recently created and just um, released that is so timely right now at the time of us airing this podcast. We're in the first, second week of summer. And so we're all just scrambling to try to recalibrate 
around what it's like to have kids home. Like you said, your son walking in and interrupting this podcast is just right. the perfect, perfect thing <laughs> to have had happen because we all relate. We all know what that's, we're all mm-hmm. having that in our lives. So knowing how to organize our summer and knowing how to continue forward with some of the things that we need to do without losing focus of what this summer and the season is really about and how we can integrate family and work on all those different things. That's what I created this Organize Your Summer program for. It's a little mini course. It's just three quick trainings I think would be really helpful for this audience to check out because it, first of all, gives you a new perspective to look at summer through a new lens that I think helps level set the purpose of it and what we can let go of and what we don't want to let go of. And then it holds your hand through what is that going to look like for you personally, where I do share the time pantry analogy. And then I start walking you through, well, how can you construct that? What is that going to look like when you sit down and you have a circumstance that's different than your sisters or your friends or what you think everybody else is doing? Does that mean you can't have a great summer or you can't move forward on your business or you can't continue healing? Absolutely not. We need to take those things into consideration. And I think it's really helpful to feel like you're not alone in that. And so I just wanted to mention that that mini course is available to help you specifically right now get organized. It's very affordably priced. And I think that that could be a really great. So what in this conversation to check that out and just get that little bit of help. It's on a private podcast feed. It's really easy to listen to. The trainings are pretty quick because I'm into quick. I I know we don't got a lot of time. So if uh, listeners want to check out the happygal.com slash summer, they'll find information, more information about that mini course. And I think that could help them take some action on what we're talking about today. Oh, I love that. I love that. What a fantastic thing, you know, and um, just an FYI too, you know, eventually I'm well, not eventually, I should say probably within the probably the end of July, I will also have a few mini courses as well. For listeners to be able, yes, I'm really excited. Some things to work on, like there's always some things that we're working on, right? And that you know, you guys can take uh, advantage of to also start looking into the healing and getting some things organized as well, because this is so key to what you're doing. So in the meantime, definitely, not in the meantime, like go check out Jenny. That's why she's on the podcast, right? Because she does some fantastic things. She's helped so many women, entrepreneurs, moms, you name it. She is fantastic with what she does. So thank you, Jenny, so much for being here and chatting with us today. And I'm super excited about that. I might go check out the summer thing too. Yeah, yeah. you'll love it. Yeah, I'll send you a link so you can include it in your show notes and check it out. So thehappygal.com slash summer. And thanks for having me. Great conversation as always. I love the audience that you um, have gathered. I I love women of intention um, who want to make their lives better. And so this is just a pleasure to be on your show. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right, everyone. Until next time. See you next week. Bye. Okay, my loves. Are you tired of feeling overwhelmed, like you have lost yourself in the trauma, and like you have to control everyone and their decisions all the time? If that is you, then I have a brand new freebie just for you to help you start to organize your life and your time to start reflecting more of what it is you truly want. I cannot tell you how many times I have heard clients and potential clients say that they just wish that they could find themselves again after the trauma, that the trauma is consuming their every thought and that they just cannot move past it and that they're feeling super, super overwhelmed by life and their responsibilities and that they just don't have time for themselves anymore. The aim with Organize for Healing is simply to help you simplify, get some answers, figure it out what it is that you truly do want, start gaining the confidence in yourself and your decisions, and discover yourself again to get 
clear with who you are, have your own back and become your own best friend. Because my loves, when you truly, truly have those things, you are in true healing mode and in a mode where trauma cannot disrupt you again. So if you are ready to take some simple actions and simplify your life and to start getting back into play mode and start reclaiming your confidence, your desires and your life and identity again, go grab my free PDF, Organize for Healing. It is in the link below in the descriptions. Go grab it and I will see you on the other side from my heart to your heart. Bye. Hey guys, thanks so much for hanging out with me today and listening in on this podcasting episode. Don't forget to tune in next week. It's going to be awesome.